Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The 11 to 1 show. Sacrilege, uproar over a US chemist's recipe for the perfect cup of tea. More on that after Bon Jovi. Oh, that has us raring to go this Thursday morning. Bon Jovi, you give love a bad name. Sinead Brazel here with you. You can get in touch on 086-1800-658. And I expect you're going to want to get in touch on the show when you hear about this. Oh, listen. The Americans... They've been at it again and now they are tampering with all that is sacred to us Irish people, particularly. I know the British love them, love the L cup of tea as well. Um, And you know what? If you get a bad cup of tea, depending on how your day is going, that's just going to really impact on you, isn't it? You know, it's going to make things go a lot worse. But however, if you get a nice cup of tea and if your day is going bad, things can only get better from then on in. There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of emotion. There's a lot tied up in our tea. And now a US scientist has claimed that she's cracked the code for making the perfect cup of tea. But I am horrified by this because there is absolutely no way that this crazy recipe, this lady, professor of chemistry, has come up with. Michelle Francel is her name. The ingredients include, by the way, things that never never should go near a cup of tea. Salt is the first ingredient. A squeeze of lemon. I mean, I don't know what she's doing here. Where is she getting salt from? Now, apparently, right, she has written a book (laughs) about this and about the chemistry sort of behind, you know, the perfect cup of tea. I don't know. I think Irish people are not even going to be trying this. But apparently these experts in inverted commas say that you should put salt into your cuppa to make the perfect brew. So she says salt reduces the bitterness of the tea. So it's kind of like adding the bitter element to the already bitter thing. I I don't know. She also recommends heating up the cup in advance. Warming the milk before adding it to the tea and never using the same bag twice. Well, now I can agree with the same bag thing, although I have, you know, sometimes I have done that if it's already in the cup and you're like, I just want a little quick one. I'll just throw it in the odd time. But more often than not, I'm not doing that. But warming the milk. Now, I will warm the milk to put that into coffee. Absolutely. I can agree with that situation. But warming the milk to put it into tea. No. So her recipe, right? Includes adding the pinch of salt. This is the sodium ion blocks the chemical mechanism that makes the tea bitter. I don't know. I think she's making that up. Anyway, steeping tea bags quickly, but with plenty of dunking and squeezing. Okay, I'm with you there. That reduces the sour tasting tannins created by the caffeine that is sort of dissolving slowly. This is all the the science behind all of this. Okay, a squeeze of lemon juice can remove the scum that can appear then on the surface of the drink. There's nothing worse now in fairness than that. That's formed from chemical elements in the tea and water. But I just think, forget your lemon juice. Just don't be over dunking too much. Do you know what I mean? Like, and that'll be fine. The aroma of the tea is almost as important as the taste. So when drinking from a takeaway cup, it's best to remove the lid. Okay, I'm, uh, yeah, I can be on board with that. But adding salt and lemon into the tea. Now, look at Lemon in tea, like, you know, green tea or a chamomile tea or something like that. Right. But you're not going to be throwing lemon into your lines or your berries, are you? No, definitely not. I don't know. I think people need to just leave tea making to the Irish. I think we've fairly cracked it. I think you'll agree. I hope you are enjoying one right now. It is the perfect time, actually, to get a brew. So do grab one. And why not listen to some nice music? Here's Ed Sheeran. Photograph on 11 to 1.
Ed Sheeran with Photograph on LMFM's 11 to 1. Now, something amazing is happening in Dundalk. I'm going to be giving you the details of that. And I've got music from Tate McRae on the way. The 11 to 1 show. Yes, anticipation is mounting at the moment in Dundalk as the construction of what looks like it's going to be just the most spectacular light show ever seen in Ireland. It is underway in Dundalk. So there's huge arches at the Market Square and no doubt if you've been in that area, they have been a real talking point over the last few days. They are going to be part of the highlight of loud celebration to mark the 1500 anniversary of the death of Fahersborn, Saint and Celtic goddess Saint Bridget. So it's uh, the Northern Lights Bridget 1500 series. So this is the first of its kind in Ireland and it features up to 200,000 individual points of light and decorative symbols inspired by the iconic Bridge of the Fahard mural by Irish artist uh, Frizz. So the display is going to be launched next Wednesday and it's going to be a really, really fantastic show with choreographed dance to music and everything. So the whole Market Square is going to be just really transformed into a magical space with colourful lights and music and it is so important to, you know, take the time and um, to go down and see that, not only just for the spectacle it is, but because it's part of this celebration. And on Monday uh, on the show next week, Pat O'Shaughnessy will be out and about finding out a lot more about what the lights display is, uh, how, how that's the construction is going and as well as that he's also going to be finding out what's on the programme for the Bridget 1500 celebrations which kick off actually on Friday tomorrow and they run all the way through uh, and past actually St Bridget's Day so that's very very exciting looking forward to seeing that light spectacle myself now back to the music here's Tate McRae yes Tate McRae Greedy and that has been nominated for International Song of the Year at the Brits and the Brit nominations were announced yesterday and there is a really, really exciting local connection to this because I just love this lady. You might remember, oh God, like it's way back now when I started the show first back in 2019, I interviewed CMAT. Uh, she, you might have spotted her on Graham Norton. She had an incredible performance on Graham Norton there uh, a couple of weeks ago, and she is um, got the immediate connection because she lived in Dunboyne as a child. She's from Dublin originally, but lived in Dunboyne as a child, and she has now been nominated for International Artist of the Year at the Brit Awards. <laughs> and yesterday on Twitter, it was really, really funny her reaction to that first of all, and then her realization that she's nominated in the same category as none other than pop icon Kylie Minogue. So that reaction went up on Twitter. And then Kylie Minogue retweeted and like showed a really like lovely, um, you know, support in the tweet and everything else. And that is just absolutely amazing. So she's uh, alongside Kylie Minogue, Lana Del Rey, Miley Cyrus, Olivia Rodrigo and Taylor Swift. And then our own connection to CMAT, which is very, very exciting. She, um, one of the songs that actually got, I suppose, the huge attention at the time in 2019 was the song where she was singing about uh, chicken nuggets basically <laughs> and that just went through the roof and that's why we had her on the show and she was absolutely brilliant crack but she is just super sonic now at this stage in terms of stardom and uh, it's so so well deserved so fantastic to see that and uh, across the 13 categories 77 artists or acts were nominated with 38 being female or all women groups so slowly but surely the equality is getting through there in the L Awards uh, categories which is great to see but delighted absolutely thrilled for CMAT to see her nominated for International Artist of the Year fantastic news there's Van Morrison bright side of the road now entrepreneurs in the northeast we are calling on you because nominations for the 2024 EY Entrepreneur of the Year programme are open so we're going to be finding out more about this programme how you can apply what it's all entails we're going to be joined by Emer Macron she's director of the programme she's going to join us next Eleven to one show. L-M-F-M.
Entrepreneurs in Leiden Mead, the nominations for the 2024 EY Entrepreneur of the Year programme are now open. So entrepreneurs from emerging, established and international businesses operating across all industry sectors are invited to submit their nominations from now until February 29th. So this programme is hugely beneficial as not only will you receive support through the process, but you'll also make connections and contacts that can be absolutely invaluable. Joining me now to tell us more is Director of the EY Entrepreneur of the Year programme, Emer Macron. She's on the line. Emer, you're very welcome. Thanks so much for joining us. Hi, thanks so much for having me on. Great to have you. Now, this is a fantastic opportunity for entrepreneurs. Tell us, how did the Entrepreneur Programme come about initially? Yeah, so the Entrepreneur of the Year Programme, um, as you said, we've just launched um, officially for our nominations this year. Um, hard to believe it's actually in its 27th year here in Ireland, and it is a global programme that's run across the world in all of the EY um, firms. So um, I suppose it's really to claim, drive and inspire entrepreneurship and for, as you mentioned there, to have that network and that support system um but just to fly the flag for entrepreneurship um in ireland mainly um and in its 27th year it's hard to believe each year that we get um another 24 finalists um as you mentioned there um each year so it's 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 an excellent program it really really is and i've been reading loads about the benefits which we'll get to in a little while but tell us how does it actually work the nomination process and and what do entrepreneurs need to do yeah, so as you said, um, we're, we've just launched for nominations and we are open to the 29th of February. So on our website, which is www.eoy.ie, you'll be welcomed there with a nomination form. So there we welcome um, companies from emerging, established and international businesses to submit a nomination form here. Um, for the emerging and kind of overall, the, the criteria is that you must be turning over 1 million euro in turnover. Mm-hmm. You must own 5% of the business um, and therefore you can you can enter in each category so i suppose across the categories emerging um emerging businesses are the are the smaller businesses but more emerging um and around in the last kind of 5 to 7 years mm-hmm. established are kind of multi-generational family businesses which we often see again across multiple sectors um including life sciences food construction healthcare consumer retail and then international are kind of the the more global players so the ones who are operating on a much more global stage um outside of Ireland and beyond um so they're the three categories and a winner will be selected um from about 24 finalists but actually we'll get we'll receive about 150 nomination forms wow, in total okay. there'll be eight selected for each category and then there'll be a winner selected from the emerging category from the established category the international category there'll be an overall winner and then we have our sustainability winner as well so there's 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 plenty of prizes at, at stake here but it is competitive in that we have over 100 nominations that will be coming through um for for the for the program yes it is absolutely co- competitive so talk to me about the team the team this year because you're very much focusing in on trailblazers. Yeah, and if you think about entrepreneurs, they are trailblazers. Mm. Um, they take risks, they pave their own ways, and they're true leaders. You know, in their in their various sectors, um, and they kind of just follow their own paths and they push conventional boundaries and limits. So they're the ones who are paving the way and they're setting the standards for for everyone. And they're taking risks. You know, they're going out on their own and and starting their own businesses and and sticking with it. Um, so they're that, that's the theme for this year. Yeah, and I think it's so deserved, as you say, and it's important to recognise that because there is such a risk involved, particularly in the very difficult economic climate that we've had for God. I mean, it seems like we've been from recession to COVID to back to recession. So it's difficult out there. It is, absolutely. And if you think then, going back to that network piece again, like this is a club of entrepreneurs. Like mm. If you think of our programme here in Ireland, in its 27th year, we have an alumni of 600 entrepreneurs. They're employing over 250,000 people across the island of Ireland um, and beyond and revenues of over 25 billion. So as you mentioned, like lonely journey in, a, in an entrepreneurial kind of role. Oh, and they need each other. And yeah. like when, you, when we think about the, the times of COVID and various economic challenges, that's when they really come together. Um, our alumni group are are extremely kind of tight knit and, and they all do business together. There's 75% of them actually kind of working together and doing business together. And even they're in different sectors, they're all um, learning off each other and they all kind of turn to each other. I love that you've created that aspect of it. And that's one of the benefits of this is the networking and keeping in contact, because so often you can be in your own. I suppose zone in your own bubble working away on your business trying to build up brands and you're not really maybe reaching out to others but this is where a programme like this completely can benefit Yeah absolutely and the benefits are they go beyond um 
they go beyond kind of just the network. So as I said, you can't buy your way into it. You have to go through a pretty rigorous process to mm-hmm. to be shortlisted. Um, but the nice thing is as well, it's entrepreneurs judging other entrepreneurs. So our judging panel is actually made up of previous winners. It's chaired actually recently appointed chairperson of the judging panel is Harry Hughes, who's a previous winner from Port West. Um, and that's that's 12 judges um, who are entrepreneurs themselves. So although EY run the program, it is entrepreneurs judging entrepreneurs. So again, that just shows the the caliber and the and the work that goes into kind of judging the shortlist absolutely and and in terms of um you know what kind of entrepreneurs have stood out in the past when it came to their application is there anything that you know maybe some tips for people that might help them kind of stand out when it comes to this process yeah well it staggers me every year to see just how many and uh, Believe me, the northeast region of entrepreneurship is alive and well. We've seen some great entrepreneurs come through over the years who who've been shortlisted. And like that, it's just people who are really innovating mm-hmm. with a sustainable focus um, and I suppose creating and providing jobs in their various areas. But just the points of differentiation, I think sustainability is a really strong one and yeah. just growth in general and, and something different. As I said, there's so many unusual different companies who are who are being formed every year. And where can people find more information then to apply? Because they can nominate themselves, but they can be nominated by other people as well. Yeah, absolutely. So as I mentioned, um, www.eoy.ie, mm-hmm. you'll find all the information, including brochure and nomination form. And we have a, a pretty significant presence across um, social media. So LinkedIn, Instagram um, and Twitter. Um, EOY Ireland you'll find information there um, and as well um, happy to for anybody to reach out to me directly Emer McCran um, on the Entrepreneur of the Year programme Fantastic Emer. well looking forward to seeing who makes that shortlist and hopefully there will some uh, be some entrepreneurs from this local area thank you so much for joining me today Great. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Anyone interested, you can find out more. You can uh, find the application form. You can find it online, eoy.ie. So eoy.ie. And that closing date again is the February 29th. Eagles, take it easy on LMFM's 11 to 1. I've got music from Anne-Marie on the way. And as it is Thursday, I do have my TV recommendations for you. That's all to come. 11 to 1 show. Loud ladies looking for love, comedians and chippies and something from the 90s returns to the small screen. I'm going to be chatting TV recommendations very shortly. But first, it's time for this. LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Senator Windows products will help you create a secure, comfortable, energy efficient home you're proud of. Call 0818 On this day in 1981, Alicia Keys was born. So she- Happy birthday to her today. And today is Bubble Wrap Appreciation Day. Yes, it is an unnecessary holiday, but who doesn't love this toy that was created by accident? Solely the purpose of preserving delicate items through shipping, but so, so fun to pop. So Bubble Wrap Appreciation Day today. LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Creating the perfect home is a journey. Let us guide you. Visit our Drada, Dundalk and new Navin showrooms. Discover more at senatorwindows.ie. Now, before I get into my TV recommendations, just to let you know, if you're currently watching The Traitors on BBC, oh my God, it is the best reality show on television right now. But apparently it's going to get even better because... Uh, They're hoping to do a celeb version of this and not one, but two of the women involved in the Wagatha Christie scandal uh, are potentially lined up for the spin-off series. I mean, talk about fantastic news. Still only know little bits and bobs about that, but I'll keep you posted. Also, uh, rumblings over in Netflix and uh, Squid Game fans are going to love this because uh, Squid Game... The second series, the long anticipated awaited second series is going to return in 2025. So that's good. We do, know, we do know what's happening. So there you go. A little bit of TV news for you. Now getting to tonight and I have to mention First Dates Ireland because we have two ladies from Loud appearing. First of all, we are going to uh, meet a football mad primary school teacher Alana from Dublin. 
She meets smiley social care worker Vlad from Tipperary, whose romantic inspiration is Fifty Shades of Grey. All right. Freewheeling Anna from Kildare expands her reading horizons with Ailish from Loud, who describes herself as an open, closed book. Mm. And Emma from Dundalk digs deep with Wexford archaeologist Byron Jones. Could he be her dial of destiny? It is the first date's restaurant tonight, or to eat to 9.30pm. Now, moving to Saturday night, and this has returned to our TV screens. I am very, very excited about this. Oh my God. The toughest game show on earth is back. Welcome to Gladiators. It's the Gladiators. Absolutely loved this when it was back on television in the 90s it is back and it looks epic uh, so Bradley and Barney Walsh they are hosting this uh, competition show four contenders must face the show's resident superhumans the gladiators across five brutal events including the duel gauntlet my personal favourite powerball you know when it says don't try this at home but you do anyway we used to play powerball on the landing of our friend's house with a wash basket and some balls was great. Absolutely epic. It is back at 10 to 6, BBC One on a Saturday night. Fantastic. And my last one for you, Tuesday at 20 to 12, also on BBC One, comedians and chippies getting fatter. So kind of a take on the comedians in cars getting coffee series. But uh, this sees Kieran Bartlett joined by longtime friends and fellow funny folk Shane Todd Diana Doherty, William Thompson and Colin Murphy as they dine out at some of Kieran's favourite eateries. If you liked Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee, you're going to like this one as well. It's Comedians and Chippies Getting Fatter, BBC One Tuesday. A little bit late, but worth it. It's at 11.40pm. And those are the TV recommendations for you this week. I will always remember... There's Anne-Marie with 2002 on LMFM's 11 to 1. Still to come, could you commit to buying just five items for your wardrobe? Maria Macklin is going to be chatting about another challenge that she's taken on and a new series focusing on the Irish language that's all to come. The 11 to 1 show. You should never order this in a restaurant. This is according to a top celebrity chef. More details after Rudimental. Rudimental with these days and LMFM's 11 to 1. Sinead Brazel here with you. And like him or loathe him, there is no doubting the credentials of one Gordon Ramsay. And he was chatting in an interview recently just, you know, about his career, the restaurant industry, all that sort of thing. And he has given us some advice. But I don't know if people are going to like this advice or not, because I would say that you are partial to having this when you are having a meal out in a restaurant. But he led us in on some industry knowledge, revealing the part of the menu that you should never order from. He says customers should always be cautious when it comes to the soup of the day. I know. I know. Yeah. Saying uh, it's most likely the ingredients from yesterday's specials menu. He says, um, ask what yesterday's soup du jour was before today's special. It may be the case that it's the soup du month. That's <laughs> what he's saying. Uh, and he was also suggesting that um, we should steer clear of the specials altogether. He says specials are there to disappear throughout the evening. When they list 10 specials, that's not special. Uh, and a final suggestion from him, he says, um, it's less about what to avoid and more about who to ask about your food. So he says, um, ask your server. OK, so it depends on the restaurant, but servers tend to taste most of the dishes on the menu. They can give you a bit of an insight into what the chef has added and what the locals have, he explained. Uh, so there you go. Don't be ordering the soup of the day. And uh, he says, uh, you know, the specials just on a menu altogether. Just avoid them. Is it that restaurants are trying to get rid of ingredients? I don't know. I often go for a special. You see, maybe my palate is just not as sophisticated as Gordon Ramsay. I don't know. But anyway, no more soup du jour anyway. The Buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app. Hi, I'm Max. Sofia Vergara was hinting at staying in Miami for a couple of reasons at the premiere of Netflix's Griselda. Here's what she said. Well, it's amazing. Miami was, you know, where most of this uh, uh, series took place. And Miami is also kind of like my hometown. Most of my family lives in Miami. So it's been very exciting to be here. Well, I know you recently joked that you should date in New York City, but what about Miami? Isn't that a good place? Uh, Hi! I mean, you never know when you're going to find love. 
Hillary Clinton has spoken about Margot Robbie and Greta Gerwig not getting Oscar nominations for Barbie. She said that you're both so much more than Kenoff. The Brit nominations have been announced. Ray has broken the record for the most Brit nominations in a single year with seven. Dua Lipa was nominated for three and will be a performer on the night. It was the premiere in London Leicester Square last night for Matthew Vaughan's Argyle and John Cena, who stars in the movie, has revealed how he and his co-star Dua Lipa bonded during the project. I was nervous because I'm acting across Henry and Dua on, on my first day and she broke the ice by saying she's nervous because it's her first role. And I was like, man, you're not alone. So we kind of bonded there and we got a lot of things in common. We spent our life in live entertainment. We're both creatives. So I think when you get two curious folks uh, talking, it, it, time passes. And I, I love those moments on set. I'm glad she remembers. That's The Buzz. I'm Max. The Buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app. Ridiculously excited about Argyle hitting cinemas. And don't forget, tomorrow, Niall O'Brien will be back with us talking movies on Real Reviews. And no doubt, we'll have a chat about Oscar nominations and Oscar snubs as well because there is, as was mentioned in the buzz there, a bit of a furore going on online in terms of Greta Gerwig and Margot Robbie and Barbie and all of that. So we will talk about that on tomorrow's show. Now back to today, here's Madonna. Madonna, crazy for you and LMFM's 11 to 1. If you are crazy about clothes, then you might want to think about this. Could you commit to buying just five items of clothing for the whole year? Well, it is a new challenge that Maria Macklin, our image consultant from House of Colour, is taking up and is on the back of a report from a think tank from uh, the Hot or Cold Institute. So we're going to find out all about that with Maria Macklin next. The 11 to 1 show. Could you commit to buying just five items of clothing for the whole year? Well, according to a report from a think tank at the Hot or Coal Institute, it stated we need to radically reduce our fashion consumption. So it said a specific brief. It says uh, if no other actions are implemented, such as repairing, mending or washing at lower temperatures or buying secondhand, purchases of new garments should be limited to an average of five items a year. Our sustainable image consultant is taking this on board. I'm delighted to have Maria Mackling from House of Colour back with us on the show. Good afternoon, Maria. Hi, Sinead. Good afternoon. I wasn't planning to announce this on air, but there you are. You've done it for me. <laughs> <laughs> now, so this, uh, you see, this is, makes you hold, hold to your challenge. But I've no doubt you will, because this, uh, you know, you've done this before where you haven't bought anything new. But this is very specific, Maria, right? Five items. It may not seem like an awful lot, but it's really about being clever about what those five items are, isn't it? I think so. I think if you really have to think about every single purchase and you have, you know, if you have a list of things and you've only five items on that list, before you tick one off, you're going to think long and hard about whether whether you're going to buy it or not. Mm. And when you think long and hard about something and you've and you've really researched it, you've taken your time with it, you know what's right for you. For me, the value is huge and you cherish it and you look after it because it's just got a different, it, 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 you'll support it differently. It's got a different feel for you. I mean, it's, it's the same way that Oscar Wilde said, you know, I'm writing you a long letter because I don't have time to write a short one. Yeah, I know what yeah. you're saying. I know what you're saying. I love that. And I th- I love that you're bringing him into it as well. Um, now, the thing about you as well, when it comes to kind of buying for yourself, you do have sort of a checklist that you, you run through and you do kind of, you know, have a look obviously in your wardrobe, but you notice what's missing, where is the gaps, but also the item that you buy needs to kind of go through a certain set of criteria as well, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm very strict about this. And I, I liken it to shopping for your fridge, mm. shopping for your kitchen. I mean, when you go grocery shopping every week, you know what you like, you know what you don't like, you know what you know how to cook, and you know what you don't know how to cook. I mean, you're not going to buy pomegranate, for example, yeah. if you have no idea how to use it, right? So, and you're very clear, or you look up a cookery book to make sure that you have the ingredients for the recipe you're going to try out. And you check your children's eating habits to make sure that what you buy, they bloom and well eat because yeah. they don't eat everything. And so you stock your fridge accordingly and you stock your kitchen cabinet accordingly. 
And I think if we all use that same process in our wardrobes, we would have less waste. We don't have food waste. You'd have less waste. You'd be very clear about what you're buying and why. It, why, And you'd wear everything much more often. Yeah. I mean, it's, it makes perfect sense to me. And yes, I do have a checklist. First of all, it has to fit you now, not when you lose the two pounds oh. or, you, you know. Yeah, I love that, yeah. Second one is you need to check the quality and make sure you're happy that the quality reflects the price you're paying. Mm. You know, if it's a cheap garment, the quality will reflect that. But the buy cheaply, buy twice. That's what my son says. And he's right. Buy cheaply, buy twice. The third thing is to make sure that the color flatters you the style suits you, it fits you, or it's particularly useful for you. So if you're someone who goes to the gym every morning, mm. you need the gear to go to the gym in, you know. So those are the key things that you need to check. Absolutely. And another thing as well that I know that you you check quite a bit is you see how many of the things that I already have yeah. in my wardrobe will this go with? Go. And that's really yeah. crucial. And actually, I was on uh, having a flick on Instagram this morning and I came across uh, Caroline Doran, who I follow. She's absolutely brilliant. She is very much about sustainable fashion as well. And she had bought herself a new cardigan and she had the exact same outfit. So it was like just a plain, you know, jeans or whatever. And the cardigan, it was a nice pink cardigan. She put it the, the proper way with the buttons up the front she flipped it around to have the buttons the at the back mm. and it was so mm. easy but instantly mm-hmm. it looked different and it's about yeah. this isn't it about experimentation being clever with clothing as well it's absolutely about experimentation and and again that's something I do when I'm in the shop I visualise my wardrobe in fact I have my wardrobe downloaded to the House of Colour Lookbook, which is our wardrobe oh, management good. app. Yeah, and, yeah. and I have my wardrobe in my back pocket. So I'm very clear that I'm not buying something I already have, that when I put it into my wardrobe, I can make, every, I mean, every bottom for me needs to have at least six tops to go with it. Mm. At least six tops. That's the minimum. That's not the maximum. That's the minimum. And so when you do that and you're very clear about what you have, what you don't have, how you're going to wear it, where you're going to wear it, all of those questions, then you when and when you're very strict with yourself, the value you get for every item is huge because it's too, too easy to shop. It's too easy to throw things into your basket online. It's too easy. And, and we don't think about it hard enough. Yeah. And our emotions come into it as well. You know, we've spoken about that in the show as well. You know, there are reasons why we reach out and we have an urge to buy stuff. Now, is there anything at the moment in your wardrobe that you might buy that might be part of these five items? I'm very intrigued about this. What you might buy. <laughs> I have I've started my shopping list and I have currently got three things on it. Now those might change. I haven't yeah. actually bought anything this year yet. A pair of jeans to be I can't believe it. I don't have a pair of jeans that are blue jeans. I have a pair of coated jeans, but I don't have blue jeans. Um so that's that's one thing on my list. And and it's a hard purchase because yeah. jeans takes hard work. I think it's a thing you need to go shopping for on its own without anything else in your shopping basket because you've got to work hard to get the jeans that fit you and that you love all of that. So that's yep. a hard one. I need I need I need a skirt. I my skirt wardrobe is shockingly small. And I need a nice casual dress, not a dressy dress. I have a few of those, but I need something that's a bit more casual. So those three things are on my list. That might be, might change. I'm leaving the other two options open because it's still only January. Yes. So we'll <laughs> see where we get to, you know, yeah. and those two might change. But I have spotted a skirt. I have it pinned into my inspiration board. It's very expensive, though. And January is just not a, a lucrative no. money, money wise time for me. So I'm leaving it sit there for a while. I might come across something. Yes. Or yeah, we'll something see. similar or it might come down in price or something like that. And it we might are come right down there. in price. We yeah. are right there with you, Maria. Oh, my God. Payday can't come quick enough in January. Uh, now, in other fashion news, I did see comedian and actress Ashling B uh, posted uh, that she did not read the fine print on a movie premiere invite. And she arrived to that premiere in a really casual, like really <laughs> casual outfit right but it was in fact black tie now look not everyone is a black tie kind of person and there were kind of people there that were a little bit more kind of smart casual but it Mm. did prompt an idea because she was going from another work thing where she was a guest on a podcast to this premiere which she thought was very casual Mm. but is there a Mm. scenario or what would you advise for us say for example if we do have say something after work that we need to look nice for but we don't need to be too formal in our office is there a way that we can kind of have that day to night look 
Well, I mean, the key, the, there are several things. The, the easiest way to do it is to change your punctuation and your punctuation are your accessories. Oh, yes. You know, and, and that's the easiest thing to do because they're small. You can put, throw them into your bag. You can take them with you. You can change your shoes from flats to heels. If you're a woman and, and if, if heels are your thing, you can take a smaller, reduce your handbag size, put your lipstick and your credit card and your phone in there uh, and put on your accessories. I mean, that's the simplest, simplest way of moving from day to night. That is simplest. a great, great, great tips. And like you say, you're not bringing sort of, you know, something bulky, you know, particularly I'm thinking of people who might be commuting for work, maybe on a train. You're not going to be bringing like, you know, loads of bag and baggage with you or as like a suit jacket on a on a hanger on a train. That's going to be a disaster. But something like the accessories is a great, great tip. It really, really is. And like you always say as well, slick a lipstick goes a long way really oh, always yeah 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 absolutely. always always <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and read the small print I mean the dress code is there <laughs> yeah. for a reason yeah. now Ashley B has built up many credits over the years so she will get away with it but yeah. if you haven't built up those credits you know you mightn't and and it, it is frowned upon when you when you break those dress codes because it shows respect for your host or, yeah. or you know the event when you adhere to those in in a I mean it, there are sometimes a bit more loose now but you need to have some smartness in your attire shall we say when you're when there's a dress code so oh yeah, yeah definitely and it's you know we should we should look we should dress up and feel good we absolutely should now we do have a question for you as well that came in on email a week or two ago from a listener now this is a really really I suppose sort of turning point in her life so she's getting ready to go back to work mm. after maternity leave so she says I'm returning to my job in sales and a lot of the work I do is face to face with clients I do like to look well dressed for work but there seems to be a more kind of smart casual approach in my office now since I've been away from it I'm quite tall love to wear bold strong colours is there anything Maria can advise so I would imagine Maria there's all sorts of thoughts going through this lady's head because coming back to work after maternity leave look at it's nerve wracking isn't it oh it's a very vulnerable time and I've done it four times Sinead and every time it doesn't get any easier because there are a couple of things you're you're doubting you've been out of your job for maybe six to nine months or maybe a year you're you're worried about the person who was doing it when you were there. Are they yeah. better than you? Are they worse than you? So you've all of that stuff. And will you be fit for it? And will you be able to manage your childcare and get there on time and not have spit coming down your back? You know all those things, <laughs> all those practical things. So so it is a nerve wracking time. And I would suggest if she's someone who loves to wear bold colours and if she's someone who loves to dress smartly from work, smartly for work. Well, then she needs to continue to do that. I don't think people should go down mm. if, if they don't feel like they need to go down by, by you know down a notch in their casualness if that doesn't feel right for them the smart casual approach is now ubiquitous pretty much across yeah. workplaces um and and there aren't enforced dress codes anymore which is great because there are no guidelines but it's also confusing because there are no guidelines yeah. and guidelines, you know, it's like when you're at school and you had a uniform, you had no decision to make in the morning. You yeah. put on your uniform and away you went. Um, and now with this dress codes gone from work, it's hard. And people have moved. Some people have moved down too far. I think some of the mm. dress codes are sometimes too casual. It depends what you're doing. But if she's someone who's client facing and she's the, the face of her brand or her company and she's representing that company well, then there's a level of appropriateness there always. And if she's building, has to build trust with clients, first impressions count, whether you like it or not. People make up their mind about you very, very quickly. And you can either retain a customer or lose a customer very quickly, sometimes just based on that. So, you know, it's up to her to decide, but I would err on the side of smartness rather than casualness, particularly if she's in a client-facing role. And I um, love that yeah, she's wearing it's, it's, the, the strong colours as well and keep that oh, because yes. sometimes keep, we can doubt that, can't we, after we have yeah, babies no, as well? Don't doubt it. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. Keep, her, keep her strong colours. It's important. Um, yeah, I was going to say something else and it's gone. Anyway. Oh, I'm so sorry. I interrupted you and you forgot. What no, you no, 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 you didn't. No. <laughs> but no, thank you so much, Maria, for that advice. And thank you so much, listener, for getting in touch. I know what I was going to say. Yes, go for there's, it. There's never been a better time to express your personality because we're not enforced into uniforms, you know, so there mm. isn't a, a there isn't a conformity and we always had to conform. You had to wear a jacket or you had to wear a shirt and tie. You know, that's not there anymore. So there is a freedom to express your personality, which is wonderful because that hasn't been there for years. And that's there. So do that. And I it reminded me actually that your 
your prompt this morning reminded me of a story of, I heard about a girl who was promoted to a, a senior position in oh, her yeah. company and, she, and her, and she was heard to comment, Oh, that's great. Now I can wear my floral dresses. And I thought, oh my. oh, my goodness, that's so sad. So she wasn't expressing herself. She was wearing what she thought she should wear mm. to get that promotion. And then she let herself be who she needs to be. And and for me, that's the wrong way around. Yeah. I'm wondering, and I will never know whether she would have been promoted earlier had she been authentic from the start. Well, this, this is an experiment. And I know you've done slight experiments on this, you know, with regards to particularly during COVID, you know, ensuring that your clients are well dressed on Zoom from, you know, the, the cami area. We spoke about that an awful lot. And the difference that makes, I know from clients' uh, feedback to you that different things, you know, regarding clients, has given them the confidence which has gotten them noticed in work which is really really important but I do think that's a very interesting experiment if you were to you know have your true personality expressed in your clothing like you're describing about that that, that lady would she have gotten that position that's fascinating mm. yeah well when I, for me it's not an if it's a when you have mm. to you have to you cannot dress in somebody else's clothes you've got to play your part in your way and when you don't, you come across as either intimidating, insincere. People don't quite get you as quickly mm. as you would like. And so there's a whole and there's been so much research about that. Tonight. This isn't something I make up. This, yeah. this has been researched. And so it, it, it does empower you and people see you for who you are much more quickly. So there is something there is a lot to be said for expressing who you are. And now without dress codes, we have the freedom to do that, which yeah. is wonderful. Well, it is wonderful. It absolutely is. Maria, thank you so much for all of that great advice for our listener and also for reminding us about the importance of being sustainable. I too, I'm, I haven't bought anything myself this year. I have a lot of gaps, but I'm definitely not going to be rushing into purchases. That's for sure. And I'm going to try this five items for the for the whole year as well. Maria, thank you so much for joining us. But you are allowed to buy secondhand, Sinead. Yes, so don't that's very them. true. It's, yeah. only five, it's only five new items. Five so that's new. easier. That's good. That's <laughs> yes. good. That's yeah, a nice yeah, little yeah, bit yeah, of side yeah. print there. Thank you so yeah. much, Maria Macklin there. If you'd like to work with Maria personally, you can get in touch with her. Maria.Macklin at houseofcolour.com The 11 to 1 show. Walter Road Galer, good day on Cade episode Gail Galakela. Baby, the kind of Gailga Aaron Clark show or quid Gailga Alyosa. Yes, you're very welcome to our first episode of Gaila Gailga Lakela. It's our Clar Nua where we brush up on our cupola fuckle gale get to Ahasan Dan or a Manishna Kerfalcha Reev Aoife Mullen. Aoife, how you getting on? Ghanawa. Aoife, before we get stuck into our brand new feature here on 11 to 1, tell us a little bit about yourself. Kinta Sinead, well, Mario Dertasa is Misha Aoife Nuelon, Agus Tommy McConey in Nundalgan, is Las Condelume. We make up our mar. Muntrabunskulle e a erdia er fa kuplevlien agus tosim anuar agam e gorsiguelga so ta remade erm vet on show agus like Jane van Clore newa guelgalakela er LMFM. Oh my goodness me, Muntor Bunskulle! You must have had a lot of patience now for for children, young children, and Irish, and you know all of that. Agus is brawl on guelga. One of the my favorite subjects. No, on Guelga, and um, hopefully, I was able to pass that love on to the the posti um, in Aurdia August or Fodhunde. I'm sure you did. Now I can understand perfectly everything you're saying, but when it comes to me actually reaching for the Gaelga, that's you know in my own mind I'm struggling. So this is where this segment is going to be really, really important because we're hoping to get people using their cupola fuckle. We're hoping as well that people will you know start up Cora of of their own at home as well, and we have some easy phrases that we can all use. But before we get stuck into that, despite the fact that some people listening may think that the Irish language has been lost a little bit, this actually couldn't be further from the truth. I suppose, unfortunately, there might be that perception that Irish is, and it pains me when you hear people saying, oh, it's a dead language, I don't need it. Mm. And sometimes you might find that we'll say at secondary school level students, and I know you're in Diffie last week, but sometimes maybe doing the leave insert, looking at the points and looking at your subjects, people feel, well, if I don't need Gaelga, I'm not going to do the Irish level, I might do Gnall level. Mm. If I don't particularly need it, I'm not going to be using it, am I really? Um, and that might influence them and 
people might decide then to to do pass Irish and as I said not really use it as much because there may not be opportunities there if you're not from an Irish speaking family or if you're not going to events where you are using the cupola fuckle and like anything else if you're not using it then it's going to get a bit rusty and then what happens is if you haven't been using it for a while people might feel then that they're not confident so if we look I suppose at the figures and look at the census and the and the evidence that's there, there is an increase in the people who report or who indicate that they speak Irish. So mm-hmm. that rose by about six percent from the last census in twenty sixteen. Oh wow! I um, mean the previous one in twenty twenty two. But then when we drill down further and people indicate the level, I suppose their level of confidence in using it, there's fifty five percent would say mm. that they don't speak it very well. So they probably feel my Gaelga is that little bit rusty and I don't feel confident maybe in speaking it in in public. So this segment is going to hopefully help to revitalise the language um, in the North East anyway. Um, With particular focus, I suppose, because looking at the census figures, again, something that stood out to me was that Louth was one of the the lowest um, or had the lowest proportion of Irish speakers. So uh, along with Dublin and parts of Dublin City, Louth was one of the lowest. So I think myself and yourself, we'll, we'll do a little bit on this slot and we're trying to, to raise that a little bit uh, and we'll, we'll do our, our best anyway. Our, our Absolutely. And, you know, you're totally right because I'd be the same, you know, via Lon Lon Gaelga, I go to school, you know, I searching for words even as I'm trying to talk to you. But there, there's a little smattering there. And as you say, it's about practice, practice, practice. So uh, the other thing as well is um, on Scan on, on Colleen Q, you know, Q and that, that did hugely successful, you know, reaching the Oscars, uh, you know, that has to have had an impact on, on, on our native tongue here. Definitely. I think it definitely sparked a bit of a resurgence or, or an interest among people. You know, as, as we say, sometimes it might be perceived as, as an older kind of a, a dead language. But from from our point of view, a huge development would have been um, the, the recent introduction or recognition of Irish as an official language of the EU. So it's now on level footing with 23 other EU languages um, as an official language. So it's important to us. Like it, It's got huge... I would feel, you know, symbolic importance and mm. um, part of our culture. It's part of our identity. And it's something that we need to make the effort, I think, to, to speak it a little bit more. You know, we, we have the Gaeltacht areas and, and here in the northeast, we, we have that pocket in Rathcarn where, where, you know, Irish is spoken and, and that's a unique community. But outside of that, not to be afraid to go back to those couple of fuckle, as you said, that, yeah. that we all have in there somewhere from from school, if we went to school um, in here in Ireland. But just to, to go back to that, try using it. It's going to take a while. You yeah. know, you're not going to wake up yeah. uh, tomorrow and have all, <laughs> all the Gaelga back. Um, but there are so many resources out there as well. And as you said, possibly the success of Colleen Kuhn has really helped that. And there are plenty of TikTok accounts or Instagram accounts that you can follow and just oh. listen to, to bits of, of, of Gaelga. But even, I suppose, since on Colleen Kuhn, we saw Paul Meskell account just Gaelga. Um, and that definitely, I would say, would kind of help increase the popularity and encourage uh, younger people to, to speak Asquilga. And then Liam Scales, who is a Republic of Ireland international and currently playing for Scotland. Um, and I'm a big sports fan, so I'll mention Liam Scales. But um, he conducted an interview for the FEI social media channels a couple of months back. Um, and that was all through through Gaelga. So I think it's important that we, we try our best. And as I said already, it's going to take time little baby steps came in a yoga but um, we'll get there and I would all, always go back to that old um, proverb the shanuckle as we call it in Gaelga so that's literally like old word but it's fjar Gaelga so your broken Irish is better than your, your clever English uh, the literal translation so don't don't be afraid if you're using both languages at the start and you're trying to come up with new words um, and maybe even have a notebook to know it's a bit late maybe for a New Year's resolution but never too late to start so if you had a little notebook where you jotted down maybe words or phrases that you come across on a daily basis oh I must try and look up the Irish for that that you might have three quarters of the sentence mm-hmm. and be able to give it a good good stab but um, there might be a couple of words that, that you're not sure about and you, you can look those up um, and maybe at this point I could mention that there's a yes. an online database called folklore.ie. So oh, you probably yeah. remember your, your folklore from your school days, yes. your, your dictionary. Um, and there might be one gathering dust and, on well, a there press is. there on a shelf somewhere. <laughs> but now that we're in digitised times and a new digitised society, that's all 
available online and folklore.ie is is a fantastic website that you can go to type in your your english word and it will come up with with will get will come up with different examples of how it's used in sentences and phrases which is fantastic but even better and very importantly as well you can actually hear the audio of, of it as well so oh, you can press um the play button yeah. and it will say the irish word in the different community, in the different dialects. Oh, so that's you handy that's for working. yourself as well. The that's pronunciation. really handy, really, really handy. And as you rightly say there, you know, the dialects sometimes can trip people up. Absolutely. So we are going to uh, stop a kind burla on So off we go. Let's have a let's have a little core here and see how we get on. OK, so we keep it nice and simple to go simply or this. Um, and maybe I'll say the is mirrored which Kane Queer will to. Tommy Gama, Gurmagat, Augustifin. Oh, Tommy Gabra, Toshi Gajas to Echolarish. Toshi Jas to Echol Kama. So, Aoife, we've just had a very, very simple introductory sort of conversation to each other, isn't that right? So, what did we exactly say there? Okay, so we just, as you said, said hello to each other, and I think people will probably remember this probably yeah. don't use it very much um, but Jidich, so the way to say hello mm-hmm. and literally the meaning is God to you so the first person would say Jidich, mm-hmm. and then the second person responds with Jidich yes. so that's kind of the, the hello back now Jidich, because myself and yourself are talking to each other uh, mm-hmm. that's singular and hopefully not to sound too schooly or teachery <laughs> but if we're talking to a group of people or more than one so if we're talking to the plural it's Giedif okay. um, and Giesmerdif so yes. because it's, it's the two of us Giedith Giesmerdith and uh, King Queen Wiltu is like Kunasatatu so some people might use Kunasatatu how are you back, back to the dialect thing again King Queen Wiltu how, how are you it sounds so much more melodic King Queen Wiltu doesn't it yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and you'll see those kind of bits of phraseology and like any other language that there's the literal translation and mm-hmm. you know there's the kind of written formal translation but then as you're speaking it there's colloquialisms and idioms that, that will come in and, and that, that'll all come um, and then if you wanted to add you know King Queen Wiltu the show would be these days so if you haven't seen yes. somebody for a while Ken Queen will tune late in the show. How are you keeping these days? Tommy Gama, I think everyone would, would know Tommy Gama, yeah. Garamagat, but you could also say Tommy Gabra, so I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is a classic yeah. Irish response, isn't it? I'm yeah. grand. I'm yeah. grand. <laughs> yeah, and then we have, uh, you know, it's nice to see you again, Taz Shegajas, to effect all Arish. Like that's, you know, li- literally, that could be the the sum total of what you have initially starting off, which I think is a is a really really brilliant starting point. Well, listen, Guramila Mahagut Ifa Tabiogonin Gael get a chakterasharish this week, but I have no doubt that it's going more and more glan long Gael get will be coming back to me as we as we chat. But slán gafol for now. Slán gafol sneid intima agus gan gan doubter be be the cuid Gael get fiasugs be tu egusod. I'm really hoping that that's true. Uh, we'll have more from Aoife on the show uh, next week. But uh, that is our lot on the show for today. Thank you so much for your company. Don't miss Lyra on the show tomorrow. And of course, Niall O'Brien as well will be back with the Real Reviews. That's coming up tomorrow. Listen back to the 11 to 1 show podcast on lmfm.ie or the LMFM app.